As the Pirates move through the next phase of their rebuilding, this offseason is crucial, and Gary has a couple of ideas as to how the Pirates should move forward. That is on today's Locked on Pirates. You are Locked on Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into Locked On Pirates. My name is Jeff Carr. I am the channel manager for the Locked On MLB channel. Filling in for Ethan Smith, also filling in for Ethan Smith, is Gary Morgan. He has been filling in all week and kind of looking at where the Pirates are and where they're going and how they can get there. You can follow Gary on Twitter at GaryMo2007. I encourage you to do so. He's got a lot of great Pirates content for you each and every day. And coming up here on today's Locked On Pirates episode with Gary Morgan, we're going to look at how the Pirates can continue. As he said yesterday, the Pirates rebuild is over. And they're into the next phase. The more building than rebuilding. The more adding than tearing down. And with that, the offseason plan is clear. He's going to detail that. He's also going to look at why the Pirates sweeping the Royals is a good omen for this upcoming Pirates Cardinal series. That's all coming up on today's Locked On Pirates episode that is brought to you by Bunches. Download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click on the link in the description down below and join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. All right, let's jump into Gary's uh, looking at what the offseason should look like for your Pittsburgh Pirates. All right. Hey, thanks again, Jeff, uh, for the great intro. Um, Yeah, this week we're going to talk about all kinds of Pirates topics, like I told you, ranging from bad to good. Today's going to be a little bit more front-facing, a little bit more what has to happen next year, what has to happen this offseason for this team to really take a jump, what's realistic to expect, what is the difference between trying and not trying. Let's talk about some of that stuff, because... We get a lot of of things like, oh, the Pirates don't care because they didn't do this, or the Pirates don't care because they didn't do that. I think a lot of the time that stuff is kind of confused. A lot of the time that stuff is more about not understanding what they do care about (laughs) as opposed to thinking they don't care. Um, Like I said, the rebuild is over, but that's with this year. So part of the rebuild has been trying to identify talent. It's been part of trying to find out who can fill what role. It's been part of picking up scraps and giving them a shot here and there because there's nothing important that they're blocking or nobody's really coming up and stepping up and taking a spot. That stuff really should end this offseason. Really should. If it doesn't, hey. Let's call the Pirates on it, because then you'll see me on this show on Mondays doing exactly that, I'm sure. So let's talk about that a little bit. The starting rotation, I think, is where it's probably the most important. When we really look at what they have to work with, you know, you have Mitch Keller, you have Yoan Oviedo. I think it's very 
very realistic to expect both of them to be back and filling a role. You have a lot of little pieces that could help, right? You've got Quinn Priester. You've got Jones. You've got Solomedo. Ortiz could could work it out. Contreras could still play a role. You you have guys even like Andre Jackson who's stepped up. Bailey Falter has looked pretty decent. Here's for me where I kind of draw the line between next year and this year. If we were talking about going into the 2023 season, I might be right now telling you very positive things about this mix of players that could come together and form your rotation. I might be pointing to that as something to look forward to, something we have to find out, something we have to work through. Somehow we have to find out, is are these the right five guys? As we head into the offseason now, though, because, again, the rebuild has to be over. You can't go in looking like that. You can't worry about blocking a prospect. As good as Andre Jackson looked, let's let's use him as an example because he just helped close out the sweep against the Royals yesterday. Looked really good. He has looked really good ever since they started trying to use him in this starter role, and for that matter, even when they used him in his brief relief appearances here. He looks the part. He's got some good stuff. I actually genuinely am intrigued by him. But let's be really honest. If you want your team to make a claim that they're making a push for the playoffs next year, a real legit wild card and or competing for the division thing, you cannot go into next season with a guy like Andre Jackson penciled in to your starting rotation. You can't. And it's not to disparage him. It's not to say Andre Jackson can't get there. It's not to say Andre Jackson is a bad pitcher. It's not to say he won't ever take that role or be forced into it by injury or something. But you can't go into the season counting on it. You can't go into the season counting on Quinn Priester to take a big jump. You can't go into the season believing that Jared Jones is going to be that next prospect that comes up and immediately gets it and has no problem. You certainly can't go into it thinking and assuming Luis Ortiz is going to show up completely in shape and serious this time and ready to go and all the things that you've tried to teach them all year are finally catching on. I don't know what you make of Contreras, but you can't show up next year thinking it's just going to be all roses and rainbows, right? That's where this thing really gets different because the Pirates have options. They have people that could start. They have enough decent talent that I could project out a nice rotation that I think could even be okay. That's the difference. If you really want to compete, you really want to compete, you really want to say you're competing, you can't go in with those question marks. You can't. 
You got to fill them with something. Pirates need to go out and be aggressive in free agency. And they need to make tough decisions. And I mean tough decisions. Like Andre Jackson, again, perfect example. As good as he has looked, you cannot count on it. You have to upgrade that position. Now, you can upgrade that position and ultimately have Andre Jackson beat them out. That's okay, too. You still got to make smart decisions, but that doesn't mean you go in just assuming it's going to be okay. That's not the position that the Pittsburgh Pirates should be in this offseason. That's step one for improving, is recognizing that while you have pieces that you think might help, you cannot go into the season with that kind of mindset. You have to go in with insurance policies and real players that need to be beaten out for their position. First base. You can't go into the into the season thinking Connor Joe is going to start. You can't. Connor Joe might be a nice bench piece. I think he's kind of proven that, actually. In fact, I, I really like him off the bench. But you can't go in thinking he's going to be your starting first baseman. If you've got him penciled in as one of your starting corner outfielders, even, you're not really serious about moving forward. You're not really serious about going after it. You have to upgrade some of those fringe positions, and you're going to have to push some nice guys out of the way. If you go into the season with Josh Palacios as your fourth outfielder, that's not. That's not where I would be. I think you I would be I would be aiming a little higher than that for some of those fringe positions. I think the pirates have to do that. It's time. Again, the rebuild's over. The next step of the offseason plan may be a difficult one, but it's crucial to the success of the pirates. Gary tells us why. Coming up next. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Bunches. Okay, Lockdown Pirates fans, I have to tell you about this new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat about sports in real time. Go to the Apple App Store now and download the Bunches app. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other Locked On Pirates listeners. Plus, you get to interact with other fans like, I don't know, maybe Reds fans or... Uh, go wild and say, uh, maybe the Royals fans, you talk some trash to Royals fans. Although, I mean, really, who's talking trash to Royals fans? Anyway, Bunches is the place where sports fans chat. Plus, the Locked On MLB group chat is on Bunches. Go there now and connect with other baseball fans. Chat about your favorite team and keep up with the latest MLB news. I mean, hey, today is waiver day. It's going to be very interesting to see all the player movement going around Major League Baseball. You can chat about your team every day, just like we do. Uh, download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link down in the description of this episode and join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. Remember, if you cannot be down at the ballpark... You can catch every pitch of the Pirates Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word 
Pirates. And thanks for making Locked On Pirates your first listen every day. It's been a great week with Gary Morgan kind of looking at where the Pirates are, where they're going. He's going to finish up uh, his coverage tomorrow as Ethan will be back next week. Uh, but as we continue talking about what the offseason plan should be like, Gary's about to detail an interesting step that I don't think everybody's going to be on board with, at least initially, but you're going to understand it in the long run. The, the next, I think, big chapter in this book is don't prospect hug. It's going to be hard to do. It's going to be hard for this fan base to wrap their heads around. When you spend the, the vast majority of, of 30 plus years being told, hey, look down there, this is coming. Hey, look down there, this is coming. You start to get to the point where that's all you ever look at and you know that's coming and you're excited about it because what you're seeing right now isn't great well the pirates have done some good work there this this team is filled with young talent this team is already filled with what used to be looked down there they're going to continue to improve here that's something we have to continue to deal with and it's something we're going to continue to watch. Even next year, there's going to be growth just from player development at the major league level. But to get some of the things that you have to get, this team is not equipped to go out and get it all on the free agent market. Not to mention, I hate math. I mean, if I didn't hate math, I probably wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> um but when you really like start adding things up, they don't have places for all these guys to play. Like, let's take a guy like Kutch. For sentimentality reasons, you know we're going to re-sign him. It's the worst kept secret in town. If Andrew McCutcheon comes back, there needs to be, I think, a little bit of a wink-wink, nod-nod agreement that he's going to be a DH and he's not going to do it as often as he did. We're going to give him even more rest than he got this year. And we're going to use that DH spot in more of a rotating fashion. We're going to use it to get rest for guys like Cabrian Hayes or Brian Reynolds or, hey, maybe O'Neill Cruz. You know, <laughs> it's going to it's going to have to come from things like that. Henry Davis is maybe going to need to take some at-bats there. You need to leave that DH spot available for overflow prospects because I think ultimately you have more than you have positions to play. Guys like Termar Johnson, believe it or not, are going to start making a push next year. He'll be in Altoona probably to start 2024. I'd be shocked if he didn't find his way to Indianapolis at least next year. And this is a team that's already, right now, as you look at things, going to struggle to find a place to put Nick Gonzalez. So I have two solutions for first base. One, find one of these extra prospects and put them over there. Now, I've heard Jared Triolo's name, and defensively, I'm 100% confident he could do it. I'm not 100% sure that the bat plays at the major league level, at least not to the degree that you, I think, would want from a corner infield position. It doesn't mean that you're not making up for it at shortstop already if you have O'Neill Cruz and maybe Leo Verpiguero 
you know, who's shown some power. And Hayes has certainly looked like he has a little more power than he had shown us earlier. So maybe you can get away with just a, a glove first singles hitter at first base like Jared Triolo. Okay. I could see that. But they don't have a whole lot internally. At some point, you have to find a place for Nick Gonzalez to play. I think he's hitting well enough in AAA. But there's got to be a place for him to play. And and second base, to me, is starting to feel like it's going to be real hard for that to happen. Leover Peguero looks good. Juwan Bay can actually handle it okay when he's not playing center. Uh, you even have Tukapita Marcano, who he was probably going to start the season on the 60-day IL. He might not even survive the 40-man crunch. Think about that. That's that's the level that this team has gotten to, that we're talking about maybe cutting guys like that. So the talent being pushed is very real. But again, it's a fine line. You can't count on that talent. You can't say... This talent is going to be good enough here unless you've actually tested it a little bit. I think they need to make some tough decisions. Nick Gonzalez is going to be either a trade candidate to get something we really need, or I suggest trying to at first base or the outfield. Again, you have to find places for these guys to play. It's just not as simple as, as throwing a whole bunch of talent at the team. You have to have positions that they cover. Like Henry Davis, whether you like it or not, is going to have to learn to play right field, if only because Andy Rodriguez has really, really started to look like a catcher. He really has. And and whether you want to admit it or not, they did not care which one of them did it so long as one of them did it. That's the point. It doesn't matter if your number one pick succeeds or a number 12 pick succeeds. So long as one of your picks succeeds. You know, it's not like the Angels are mad that Mike Trout did better than somebody they picked higher. Right? That's the way you have to think of this stuff. It It's going to be an interesting offseason if only because I think we're going to find out a couple answers that we've been dying to find out. Are they going to open the wallet a little bit? Is Ben Charrington smart enough to spend that money wisely? Or is he still going to be a little bit unsure of the core he's built and not push the envelope the way he needs to? And, And then organizationally, are they smart enough and agile enough to go in and, and put some of their guys in some uncomfortable situations to try to find an internal solution to a problem like first base. I just don't, I don't like the free agent market at first base. That's probably another reason that I'm pushing this, but I feel like what we're, what we're looking at is a situation where they're going to bring back a guy like Carlos Santana. And there's just been so much smoke there. I wouldn't hate that. But here's why, here's why I don't like it. Because the Pirates will do that, and then they'll use that time where they have a Carlos Santana and do absolutely nothing to get somebody else ready. To me, if you bring back a guy like Carlos Santana, I'm okay with it 
only if you have a backup plan. If Nick Gonzalez or Malcolm Nunez or whoever you want to pick internally is going to be your first base solution, or you have a couple of guys that you're thinking about using, I want to see them actively being trained in the background. I don't want, I don't want to see, oh, we're going to trade Carlos Santana at the deadline and we don't have an answer. Or, oh, we're going to just keep Carlos Santana for the year and we're going to go into the offseason following this still with no idea of who's going to play first base. The rebuild's over. Time to start answering questions and filling holes. The Pirates' sweep of the Royals has them poised for a good series against the Cardinals and ready to pass a key marker for the season. Gary looks at why coming up next. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to tell you about another one of today's sponsors, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel has an amazing promotion for you. They've got all kinds of great promotions as we move toward football season, but they've got a new one for you here. All you have to do for new customers, you can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. So if you join FanDuel today and you bet $5, you're going to guaranteed get $200 in bonus bets. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Plus, all customers, not just new ones, but all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I mean, come on, $5, that's nothing. And you get a huge discount to watch every single NFL game. And as we get closer to NFL season, lots of great futures to jump in on, see where uh, the uh, the Steelers may fall in the division. As a Bengals fan, I think they're going to fall behind the Bengals. Sorry, Steelers fans, but you can bet on that at FanDuel. They've got all kinds of great odds. They've got same-game parlays that make any game fun. If you want to get in on the action with some of the college football games going on tonight, FanDuel's got some great lines on Utah and Florida and all of the great stuff that's happening today. So check them out today. Now is the best time to join FanDuel with all of their great promotions. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. Again, you can bet $5 and get five or get $2. Sorry. You can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Remember that you can always catch every pitch of the Pirates Hometown Broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. But Pirates, sorry. <laughs> I say that a lot for my other show, Lockdown Reds. Uh, thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Pirates your first listen. If you are not subscribed, make sure that you do so on your favorite podcasting app. The, uh, Ethan covers the Pirates all the year long, five days a week, uh, for most of the year. And plenty of content coming for you that is all Pirates-centric. So make sure that you're following on your favorite podcasting app and you're subscribed right here on YouTube. All right, uh, Gary looks at the successes that the Pirates had in the Royals series and why it means they're going to pass a key number this weekend against the Cardinals. All right, hey, Jeff, thanks again, man. Um, Really good stuff all week from you, and I really appreciate, again, all the help here setting this up and getting this out for everybody. And our buddy, Ethan. Um, So everybody make sure you're following him and follow Locked On and smash the subscribe and do all that stuff that they tell you to do. And uh, let's let's move on a little bit. 
the Royals series. Pirates swept them. They should sweep them. The Royals are really, really bad team. And it's sad because they had a lot of young talent not all that long ago and really looked like they were about to make a charge. And, man, it's just been rough for them. I do like some of their starting rotation pieces that are starting to come up, but they look a little bit further away than I think a lot of people thought they were not too long ago. Um, Regardless, this is what you want your Pirates to do. Their young talent is beating the teams they should beat. And they're starting to come together, and they're not quitting. They had every reason to quit a couple of those games, actually. Um, especially the one where they were down in the seventh inning with, like, no hits, pretty much. <laughs> then, the, you know, they, they, they cracked the, the starter out of the game, and they finally just took off against the bullpen and took that middle game of the series. And and even, like, a game like last night didn't come to them easy. I mean, it was it was hard fought. Brian Reynolds started out with a pop. Andre Jackson, again, looked great last night. I thought he played wonderfully. And and they've really done some good things with him. They really have. He's got he's got some good stuff. Like, when I was talking in the first segment about, like, you can't trust him, it's not because I don't believe in him or I don't like him. It's because I want better. I want established. I want guys like him in reserve. That's what I'm talking about. So let's let's like make sure that we're we're being honest about these conversations with with players. Like just because I say like, hey, I want to upgrade that position doesn't mean that I think Andre Jackson is useless or has no purpose here. I think he's doing very well and he's making himself a case for next year to be in that mix. There's nothing wrong with that. You should want that. <laughs> Look at how many pitchers we've run through this year. You know, we and and I I felt really good about the depth going into this year. So obviously things happen, right? As we head into this St. Louis series now, for once it's not just a flood of TBDs. In fact, the Pirates only have one of those. Mitch Keller is going to go against Dakota Hudson in game one. TBD, which I would assume is probably going to be like your opener slash Bailey Falter type outing. And then Johan Oviedo against Adam Wainwright. Drew Rahm, who they just crushed, you know, a, a week or so back. They're, they're going to get the face again here in the middle game of the series against their bullpen um, matchup. So another opportunity here to stack some more wins. You know, I I do believe they could get two or three out of this series pretty easily. It's tough to win in St. Louis. But this is not the St. Louis of old. And this St. Louis team at this point, they're they're barreling down, uh, looking at getting probably their highest draft pick they've had in a decade. So I'm not sure what the incentive is there for them to do much at this point. In fact, if they had any, they'd probably be uh, sitting Adam Wainwright instead of still trotting him out there once every five days to watch him just suffer. Um, there's a guy that definitely should have just followed Molina out last year. <laughs> it was it was a mistake to come back. You just you can tell it's just not there for him at this point. Um, 
And it's a shame. I hate seeing guys that, that had good careers finish up that way. But the Cardinals aren't the Cardinals right now. doesn't mean they can't beat the Pirates. They could probably sweep them if they wanted to here. <laughs> or if, if uh, Goldschmidt got hot and Arenado got hot. But I think it's going to be a, a decent series and another good chance for the Pirates to just keep taking a step. If 28 games left, they need one win to match last year's win total. That is an opportunity for them to really put last year's win total in the rear view. Um, they have a good opportunity here, I think, to get to 70. And I'm not saying that that means much. But I think if you get to 70, I think everybody feels a little bit better about the progress. And then you can probably get away with saying things like, hey, with O'Neill Cruz, don't you think we probably win 73, 74, 75 games? Uh, and I think I think you start to like have a little bit more of a serious look at, hey, maybe this team did improve. Hey, maybe this team is kind of on the right track. Hey, maybe they are moving in the right direction. So I think that's kind of what the end of the season is going to be here. Um, the biggest argument you're going to get against that is that the Pirates should be actively not trying to win so that their draft position can be higher or they have a better shot at getting that number one pick. But again, that number one pick would be nice, but that number one pick is not likely going to factor into at least the first open window portion of what this rebuild will produce. So, in fact, I could argue that Termar Johnson is probably kind of in 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 a second wave effort of of this thing, you know, as far as talent goes. So, really, anything beyond that is going to be that way. Paul Skeen's a special situation because you bring in a guy like that who's that developed, you do expect immediate help. So, I expect him to be part of this thing next year as well. Again. As exciting as Paul Skeens is, though, I would not, I would not show up in spring counting on him. Really try to get that part drilled into your head. That's the part I'm focusing on. Don't count on prospects when you expect to win. That's the difference that should be felt this offseason if this team is serious. Are they? I don't know. Last thing I wanted to touch on real quick uh, was the the regional sports network situation. Uh, it looks like uh, the Pirates are going to be faced with a decision here to either band together with the Penguins and kind of live under the Red Sox, Bruins, Northeast Sports Network situation that FSG has. Uh, wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, they probably get paid pretty comparably to what they get now, and they'd have a cable station in town that wouldn't be much different than this. FSG also has streaming packages. It looks like that could work out. Now, the Pirates may not do that. The Pirates may follow suit with teams like San Diego and sell their rights back to Major League Baseball with a promise that they would get paid about 80% of what they were getting. The problem is that can't last forever. 
And a lot of the bigger teams, like the Yankees, have the S Network, for instance. Red Sox, we just discussed, the NES Network. If you have those types of teams involved that own their own rights, produce their own content, how long are they going to continue to want to pay for the Pirates to have their stuff produced by Major League Baseball and pay the Pirates 80% of what they were getting before? I don't know. A good businessman, which I've said multiple times, Bob Nutting is not. A good businessman would hold his rights and make an investment in producing these himself, start his own streaming and and handle the situation internally and probably come out of it smelling like a rose. But Bob Nutting is not a good businessman. And I think he's probably deathly afraid to stick his feet into something that he has no idea how it operates. Chances are they're going to end up going with the Major League Baseball plan, which ultimately Rob Manfred would love all teams to do. Problem is, the S Network might be competitive with Major League Baseball for success stories as far as um, sports entities go. So I'm not 100% sure how he's ever going to convince the big boys to play ball there. But it's very clear that the cable model is dying. And even if they end up signing on with somebody that does produce something like that or give them some kind of an opportunity, um, it's, it's not likely to be super easy to do. They'll find a way to get their games on local TV. It will happen. Maybe this new K2K Plus or something along those lines. But let's just let's just play it one one game at a time here, if you will, with the TV network and not panic too much. As news comes out, I'm sure Ethan will tell you, but I wouldn't expect that we will 100% know what channel you're turning on or what streaming service you're buying or whose uh, nephew you have to reach out to to find out how to crack the Russian website to get you free access to the the Pirates games. But something is going to happen over time here, and I just think that we're all guessing until the Pirates actually make a move here. All we have is what has happened to the few teams that have decided to make a jump. That's all I got for you today. Be back tomorrow. And to be honest, I'm just leaving tomorrow open. I'm going to talk about whatever I feel like tomorrow, but um, good stuff. And thanks again for listening all week. Having a good time doing this. Talk to you later. Thanks again for checking out today's Locked on Pirates episode. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you don't miss anything that we've got coming for you. And as Ethan returns next week, uh, remember, before we get out of here, that you can catch every pitch of the Pirates hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word pirates but until then you can count that we will be locked on pirates every single day